Every year, NM Cool convenes for an annual summit to highlight the previous year's successful collaborative efforts and to look forward to future opportunities in the land of enchantment. We are taking a different approach to virtual events this year, and instead of our usual day-long summit, we are hosting this mini-podcast series focused on collaborative efforts. This will be followed by a short summit meeting on April 21st via Zoom. Our goal for the summit this year is to not only encourage you all to engage with the content of the interviews, but to give you the opportunity to do so from somewhere other than in front of your screen. I'm Ariel Quintana, tribal member from Cochile Pueblo and an education and outreach project manager with the Kibira Coalition. And this is the NM Cool Podcast. I'll be a co-host for this series. Hello everyone, my name is Ariel Quintana and I will be co-hosting our NM Cool podcast episode today. I would like to welcome Commissioner Stephanie Garcia-Richard from the New Mexico State Land Office to our podcast. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Stephanie Garcia-Richard. I'm the State Land Commissioner here in New Mexico. Um, and it's unusual um, that I have this position because I am the first woman, the first Latina the first educator to ever occupy this role in its over 100-year history. It's a role that has profound impacts for land management and revenue generation in New Mexico. And so having the perspective of someone who comes from the background that I come from is, is unique in this role. So state land office is 13 million acres of our state's resources that we develop to draw revenue for our public institutions like public schools, universities, and hospitals. And that's my role and my job. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for joining us today. Can you please describe the sustainable range management efforts of New Mexico State Land Office? So yeah, the sustainable range management efforts of our office actually started with the development of what we call a landscape level planner someone who it's a position we created and hired for to look at more sustainable conservation minded uses of land and a piece that came out of that sort of long range level planning that landscape level planning is this piece about partnering with our lessees many of whom are in the ag industry to more sustainably manage the lands that they lease from state land office we are just in the infancy stages of developing what that is, but what we would like to see is incentivization of just more sustainable range management practices, development of healthier soils, maybe even some carbon capture technologies, and have those practices carried out on our, like I said before, 13 million acres of state trust land, and then incentivize those practices. Thank you, Stephanie. Can you explain why collaboration for working land stewardship in New Mexico is important to the New Mexico State Land Office, and how does this happen in your work? So for us, we manage a lot of land in the state. Basically, if you were to add up the states of Connecticut, New Jersey, and Rhode Island, that is the surface area that we manage. But we have very few staff available to be out on the land. 
So collaboration is a way that we leverage what we have for greater outcomes. We collaborate with our lessees. We have 3,500 of those folks. So that's 3,500 pairs of eyes on the ground, 3,500 stewards of our state trust land. We collaborate with organizations like yours, with Quivera, with the Coalition to Enhance Working Lands. We collaborate with the Thornburg Foundation. They're actually helping us do some research around healthy soils, healthy soil practices. We partner with the Western Landowners Alliance, the Healthy Soils Working Group, and the New Mexico Association of Conservation Districts. All of these are organizations that have overlapping goals with ours, which is more sustainable land management, more sustainable land use, so that we can continue to maintain this land into the future. And can you share where is the biggest opportunity to shift sustainable range management when collaboration happens? So the biggest opportunity to shift when collaboration happens is the capacity to do more and reach more people. We have a goal that we've set for ourselves at the state land office. We want healthier land, healthier soil, more sustainable ag practices. And so we can't do that in a vacuum. We really have the opportunity to to have the outcomes that we're looking for if we collaborate with these other organizations that have similar goals, if we incentivize practice for our lessees. So I would say that's that's our greatest opportunity there. Thank you, Stephanie. What does the word community mean to you? And how does it inform how you go about creating mutually beneficial partnerships and spaces? So for me, the word community takes into account the people that we interact with daily. But from State Land Office perspective, our community is our wild spaces as well, our wildlife, our land, our water. And that close connection to land in New Mexico is kind of part of our identity of community. I mean, you can go back millennia in this state and people have worked the land for that long and it is part of their identity as community. And so for me, community is very much wrapped up in this notion of connection to land, connection to natural resources. How does that create mutually beneficial partnerships and spaces? We have so many partners in our state that share that same sense of community that we have. We have our tribal partnerships, partnerships with our land-grant communities, partnerships with acequias. All of those folks know working lands. Like I said, they've done it for generations. And so they partner with us on our, on our goals to create sustainable land management practices. I think that shared sense of community is, is kind of a real powerful component of our state. I think it's, it's our heritage. It's kind of in our DNA. And so I think having those shared views of working lands kind of helps with the partnerships, helps with the collaboration, helps with us having a common goal. Thank you, Stephanie. I love that very inclusive definition of what community is and that it's not only people, it's also the land in which we have relationships with. Thank you for that response. What are the key ingredients to success in your collaborations? So probably first and foremost is kind of like this mutual respect and regard for each other. I think when you collaborate with partners, that bring an expertise to the table, you have to have reverence for that expertise that they bring. You have to 
have respect for it, regard, not try and sort of beat someone over the head with your own views and your own ideas. You are open, responsive to people's expertise that they're bringing to the table, to people's experience that they're bringing to the table. I think that's first and foremost. I would also add communication, responsiveness, openness, making sure that you like follow up, close the loop, making sure that you show up. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of a pain, right? Because there's all of these sort of small little tasks that have to happen in order for that bigger picture to be realized. And I think that when people see your dedication, even to the smaller tasks, when people see your dedication to keeping a schedule, honoring their time, honoring their perspective. I think that goes a long way. We do things like try to get on the agenda of groups that may want to hear what we're working on. Even if they're not direct partners and collaborators with us, we want to make sure that they have a heads up. So things like the All Pueblo Council of Governors, like we meet with them regularly to kind of give them an update on this range management. Our land grant council, we were just on their agenda to talk a little bit about some traditional use permits we're doing. So we're we're trying to do a lot of outreach. We're trying to be responsive, especially to our fellow land managers. Thank you, Stephanie. I feel like you've already touched on this next question that I'm about to ask, but to allow space and time for you to expand on what tools or strategies have you used to build trust as you collaborate with different organizations and entities in New Mexico? Yeah, so the strategies we use to build trust are, are kind of along the lines of what I had previously mentioned, but I just want to go back to this idea of expertise and just respect for different people's perspective and expertise. It, it comes from, from our end as well. When we sort of give like the expertise of, of Angie, say, who's, who's on this call with us today. She's my assistant commissioner of communications. When we give the expertise of our rangeland ecologist, when we give the expertise of our, our landscape level planner, those are like in-kind contributions that we make from the office. That's our contribution to the partnership. In that same way, we have high regard for the expertise of our partners that they bring to the table. Um, I think that sort of mutual respect and regard for each other's perspectives is kind of the key to that partnership building, but, but mostly the key to that trust building. Once we have a, a final product, once we have a project that's like been completed successfully and we all can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, it's done. It was a success. I think that will build the bridge to the next partnership and the next collaboration. Moving into the next question, what lessons have you learned from collaborating on sustainable range management in New Mexico? For collaboration in general, I think that it takes everyone, it takes a village to do this work. And so everyone has to kind of be willing to pitch in and commit to it. At the same time, making sure that you have the right folks on the right teams to get the work done sort of in smaller tasks, to delegate when necessary, to rely on folks who, who have a particular background. So it's, it's kind of a combination of both making sure that everyone's at the table, but when it comes time to 
moving forward, you don't have, kind of have too many cooks in the kitchen, if you know what I mean, that you're really relying on, on the folks with the expertise to bring home their, their piece of the project. Definitely. I feel like in the interviews that we've been hearing about the podcast series, that the phrase, it takes a village and don't just do collaboration for the sake of it and to be meaningful in the ways in which we conduct collaboration and collaborative efforts. And so I I feel like that is a very key takeaway that a lot of our listeners are going to be getting from this series. And so I'm glad that you also shared that. What do you think the best possible outcome is for sustainable range management in New Mexico? So I think the best possible outcome for sustainable range management in New Mexico is to continue to be able to do this work. Because previous practices have led to some degradation of the resource, we are now having to do a lot of remediation. I think moving forward, what we would like to do is honor this tradition of ag in New Mexico, continue supporting our ag producers, continue supporting their work. And the way that they do that is to have healthy rangeland, healthy soil. That's our ideal. That's what we're shooting for. We're shooting for something that can be sustained for generations to come as it has been sustained in the past. We, we want folks to be able to continue working lands. We want folks to be able to continue having this connection that I spoke about at the beginning of the interview. And to do that, we have to take a look at, at what our practices have been. We have to commit ourselves to healthier practices. The state land office stands ready to incentivize those practices. And so, you know, we, we really, we take that commitment seriously because we want agriculture in our state to maintain. We want it to remain. I didn't mention this when I introduced myself, but I actually come from a ranching family. My grandmother's, my grandfather, my mother was raised out in the eastern part of our state, and they, they work land out there for generations. My husband's family up in the northern part of the state. So I, this is like, you know, born and bred in us here. And we want to be able to continue these practices. And so I think for us, the ideal would be to do so in a way that allows us to continue sustainably. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And being able to continue these relationships, these practices, the culture, the heritage. Is there anything else you'd like to share that you feel is important for folks to hear? I should have said up front that we have a dual mandate at the state land office. And this mandate actually comes to us from our state's constitution. We are constitutionally bound to raise revenue off of the land, but do so in a way that preserves the land as a resource. It's considered a trust. We are trustees. We have responsibility for this trust. And so we have to raise revenue sustainably. And a lot of folks think of that as being sort of a contradiction in terms. That's a beautiful mandate as far as I'm concerned. I, I think it hits it right on the nose that we have to strike a balance. We can't just raise the most revenue we can at the short-term expense of land because then we won't have it anymore. We need to strike a balance between what are the best most sustainable, most conservation-minded, highest levels of stewardship for this land so that that resource continues to remain. And that was that's at the heart of the landscape level planner position I talked about. That's at the heart of our efforts around more sustainable rangeland management. 
is to really find where the sweet spot is. Where is the balance between working lands, something we value in New Mexico, something we have generations of background in, but also ensuring that those working lands are here for us for generations. And, you know, that's that's kind of something I wanted to share about the state land office and, and something folks don't always understand. Even previous land commissioners didn't really look at this as a balance. We've had a lot of mining, drilling, logging of state trust land. So very consumptive use of land. It's It's been more recently that we've looked at our land management, our land use and said, okay, that's going to raise us a lot of money, but what can we do to preserve the land for future generations so that they can use it as well? I have to say that we are very fortunate to have someone like you serving in this position and to hear the way in which you are thinking critically about the way in which you carry yourself and the way in which you carry forward the New Mexico State Land Office and how to sustain our land, our resources, for future generations. And I, I want to express my appreciation for your thoughtfulness and for your true sensibility and grounding in this space and in this work. And so thank you so much. Thank you. And moving into our last question. Is there any suggested reading or watching for folks for them to learn more about the New Mexico State Land Office, your efforts around sustainable range management, and just other resources that you'd like for folks to be more aware about? So whenever we're on a call um, about healthy soils, my one of my deputy commissioners always mentions the documentary that, that I think used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is anymore that was uh, narrated by Woody Harrelson. It's called Kiss the Ground. It's around um, soil health. And we just heard from our rangeland ecologist, Megan, that there's actually a kid's version of Kiss the Ground as well. So both of those things are available for adults or kids. It would be nice to start the younger generation thinking about healthy soil while they're still in school. I think that that would be a, a great skill for young people to learn about, even if they're not interested in, in land management, but just to understand the, the importance of soil health to, to the whole uh, ecosystem. So Kiss the Ground is the name of the documentary. I'm sure a lot of folks listening in have already seen it, but I'm sure you didn't know there was a kid's version. Thank you for that. I, I'm excited to encourage folks to be able to watch that. We actually partner with Kiss the Ground also at the Kibira Coalition. And so great group of folks, great resources that they can provide also in terms of soil health and sustainable and regenerative range management. Well, thank you so much, Commissioner Stephanie Garcia-Richard. It's been a privilege to have this conversation with you and to hear about the great work that the State Land Office is doing and also the really amazing work that you are doing and the path forward, you know, you're carving a path for future leaders to be able to enter into. And you're doing meaningful work that sets the state up for success, but also our youth from marginalized communities to be able to step into these spaces and you're paving the way for them. And so thank you so much for your time, for your perspective, for your voice today. Thank you, Ariel. That concludes this episode of the NM Cool podcast. Again, this is one of a handful of podcasts the NM Cool Network will be releasing over the next few weeks leading up to the annual summit. The summit is scheduled for April 21st at 10 a.m. Mountain Time via Zoom. 
For more information and to register for this year's summit, go to nmcool.org forward slash annual summit. That is nmcewl.org forward slash annual summit. Thanks for tuning in.